Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, as you possess it and settle it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put in it a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord of God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us, imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with a terrifying display of power with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, so now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Our New Testament scripture is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, 
It is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God and everlasting Father, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In previous weeks, I was thoughtful about the Lenten season and what sacrifice I would make during this time. What would I give up to be more prayerful in my efforts to grow closer to God? Well, it's no secret that sweets are an all things confection I'm a fan of. So I decided to give up sweets, desserts, candies, anything sugar laden. And then I had a glimpse at last week's Wednesday night supper menu and the dessert looked amazing. Temptation. I was doomed before I even started the Lenten season. Temptation. Temptation, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Today's passage, we see the temptation of Christ at the hands of the devil. The devil is very crafty in the ability to tempt an individual, in this instance, Christ. He waits for the perfect time to entice Jesus to do what is wrong. First, seeing that Jesus is famished and knowing Jesus' power, the devil tempts Jesus to turn the stone into a loaf of bread. How many know here today that you can't beat God and his, our triune God's power? Jesus might have been hungry, but he was in control. He had the power to resist the temptation to turn stone into bread for self-satisfaction. However, the devil was persistent. If Jesus resisted satisfying his hunger by making bread from stone, 
then the devil would get a little more devilish in his temptation of Christ. So the devil had the grand idea of showing Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. Surely, the devil thought, Jesus would jump at the offer to have all glory and authority over the kingdoms of this earth. I imagine God, our Father, and the Holy Spirit were shaking their heads at this outrageous offer, saying, that old devil, does he not know who he's dealing with? The Son of God, for heaven's sakes. But the devil was determined to tempt our Lord Jesus. The scripture says, then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. That old devil, he was determined in his temptation of Jesus so determined that he tempted Christ three times when every attempt failed, he departed. However, he did not depart with an attitude of defeat, according to the scripture. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Hold on to that thought as we look at Jesus' response to temptation. Jesus was prepared. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus' temptation in the wilderness for 40 days brings to mind the 40-year wilderness experience of the Israelites. The Israelites were led out of bondage from Egypt into the wilderness by the mighty hand of God. Scholars note that up until Luke 4, verse 1, the wilderness location in the Gospel of Luke represents the work of John the Baptist. But after Jesus' temptation, however, the wilderness becomes a space that Jesus traverses. The wilderness is the site of Jesus' prayerful reprieve. He would withdraw to the desert in the desert places to pray. The wilderness, a sanctuary for God's agent, provided an escape for rejuvenation and assurance. As we see throughout Jesus' life, Jesus would withdraw to be by himself and pray. This time was no different. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness for a period of time for prayer and fasting. He was prepared for whatever temptation the devil dished out. The devil tempted Jesus to abuse his sonship by performing a miraculous act for his own benefit. Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit and strengthened by his time spent in the wilderness with God did not fold under the devil's temptation. The scriptures tell us that Jesus responded to the devil's temptation to turn stone into bread by saying, one does not live on bread alone. The rest of that 
uh, verse is found in Deuteronomy 8 and 3. But by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus combats the devil's tactics by quoting scripture that marks the time when God called the Israelites to keep his commandments as they entered the promised land because God knew they would be tempted in the new land. Jesus was prepared because he was led by the Holy Spirit when yet again the devil tempted him with all glory and authority over kingdoms of the world. Jesus responded, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Bible scholars note the devil's claim both to authority over the kingdoms and the prerogative to give the authority to whomever he chooses, namely Jesus, Worship me, and you can have it all. Jesus is the Son of God. He would indeed have authority over the kingdoms of the earth, but his authority comes from God. Indeed, God gave Jesus the authority to heal the sick, to free the demon-possessed, to feed the multitudes, and to save sinners like me and like you and give us eternal life. Now the devil catches on quick. So in his persistence and cleverness, he uses scripture in the last temptation. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on a pinnacle of the temple saying to him, if you are son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Isn't that just like the devil to use God's word to tempt the Son of God? But Jesus shut the devil down saying, It is said, do not tempt, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And as young folks say here, I bet Jesus dropped the mic after that statement. Brothers and sisters, the passage in Luke 4, verses 1 through 13, is a Christological statement. Jesus is fully human and the Son of God with all authority. And Jesus' temptation story is prescriptive for us today because it teaches us to deal with temptation by spending time with God in prayer and in God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, what is God calling us to do during this Lenten season? There are three things I believe God calls us to do during Lent. First, God is calling us to be led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for prayer and meditation on the word. The temptation of Christ's passage is a great foundation to reflect upon as we enter the Lenten season. The 40 days of Lent is a time where we intentionally work on our faith by spending more time with God in prayer and reading scripture. It is a time in which we deprive ourselves of some luxury of life and daily attempt to flesh out God's purpose 
for us individually as Christians. It is a time of renewal and reflection on all that God provides for us each day. Last Sunday, Pastor Calvin spoke about the mountaintop in relation to where Jesus found peace and solitude from everyday life to pray and commune with God the Father. Today's passage reflects the same idea and purpose as Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness. Where is the Holy Spirit leading you? Last Thursday, Pastor Calvin and I were invited along with other ministers of faith to the Richmond Hill, an ecumenical Christian fellowship and retreat center in the setting of a historic monastery right here in Richmond. It is a place where you can go to spend time with God. You can go on an individual retreat or you can go on a group retreat. You can stay for the day or you can spend the night. There are many spaces to be alone in prayer, like the gardens or the labyrinth or in the chapel. Also, there are places to study God's word, including the library and various sitting rooms throughout the property. Richmond Hill reminds me of my seminary days and the opportunities I had to visit a few monasteries. One monastery in particular stands out for me. It is the Dominican Sisters of Cincinnawa. Cincinnawa is located high on a hill in Cincinnawa, Wisconsin. It is surrounded by beautiful cornfields as far as the eye can see. It has a beautiful sanctuary, and Chris would appreciate a beautiful pipe organ that plays beautiful music. There's an indoor labyrinth and acres of land and indoor space in which to commune with God. It was a break for me, a great break for me, during my intensive coursework to take a day trip to Cincinnawa and spend time in prayer. In the solitude of Cincinnawa, I could see, I could hear, and I could feel the presence of God all around me. It was a peaceful experience that renewed my spirit and gave me the assurance that I was on the right path at the right time in my life. Brothers and sisters, where is the Holy Spirit leading you? God calls us to be led by the Holy Spirit, to get away from the daily life distractions, to pray and commune with God. Second, God is calling us to be led to the Holy Spirit to worship and serve God only. In our fast-paced life of work and school, the internet and cell phones and Facebook, etc., it is easy to worship other things than God. Now that might sound strange, but the scripture says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some treasure the time spent on their cell phones. It is their everything. 
They can FaceTime friends and family, buy groceries, meals, and other products, and get the news and weather and search for whatever they want to in an instant. Some people spend hours on end on their cell phones. I imagine God is looking down and thinking, what peace of mind and assurance they would have if only they spent that kind of time with me. Also, have you ever witnessed someone who lost or misplaced their cell phone? He begins to trace his steps. And when it becomes apparent that the phone is either lost or gone for good, panic sets in. He is totally lost without the cell phone. How about totally lost without God? When we devote ourselves and our time excessively to other things, it is like a form of worship. We must be careful not to worship the things in this world, not to work to obtain status or the latest electronic gadget, cars, houses, or clothing. God wants us to worship and serve him only. If you are not accustomed to worshiping and serving God alone, this Lenten season is a good opportunity to make it a routine. Some churches, like Grace Covenant, are worshiping every Wednesday during Lent. Others are participating in devotional readings during Lent. In the temptation story, Jesus models for us what we should do. Will you be led by the Holy Spirit to worship and serve God alone? Finally, God is calling us to be led by the Holy Spirit, not to put God to the test. How many times have you prayed, if you do this for me, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. I know I've said that several times during my youth. It's so tempting to give God an ultimatum. Just as the devil speaks to Jesus in verses 7 and 9, when we compose the if-then request to God, we are, in fact, putting God to the test. If you give me this new job, I will come to church every Sunday. If you let me pass this test that I did not study sufficiently for, I promise to prepare myself better for the rest of the test. And if you tell my parents or guardian to let me stay up a little bit longer to see my favorite TV show, I promise I will go to bed whenever they tell me to. I know I said that several times as a child. No matter how nicely you say it, it is all a test. Putting God to the test. Beloved, we must remember that our triune God provides for our every need. There is nothing that God cannot do. We must have faith and trust in God's wisdom and care for our individual needs and be bold enough to say, praying in faith, thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus responded to the devil in verse 12 and following saying, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. 
Bible scholars note the reference of the devil's departure until an opportune time foreshadows Satan's return later in the gospel story, in the events leading to Jesus' death. Grace Covenant, the devil is always lurking around the corner, but thanks be to God, on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, having all victory over death. During the Lenten season, we can celebrate that the temptation of Jesus, because it teaches us it's okay to be in the wilderness, because God, Emmanuel, is with us. We can pray at any time, and we can meditate on God's holy word every day, and we can let ourselves be led by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.